0: And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. (laughs) Glad to have you tuned in. I'm Warren Landis. I'm the host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And we want to say hello to all of our listeners right now on Anchor FM, as well as uh, Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. We are in the midst of going through the Bible Chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And um, um, this has really proven to be a very exciting journey. We started it a few years ago, I think. <laughs> a couple of years ago, at least. It's taken us a while. So far, we've gotten to Hosea chapter 6, which is where we're going to be today. Hosea chapter 6. And uh, Hosea is a very interesting Prophet. He's actually the first of the minor prophets that we have begun to study here at Sunshine USA, and um, he, of course, was a very interesting prophet to say the least. Uh, God told him to go out and get him a wife, basically among the prostitutes. Now, uh, there's a lot of debate among Bible scholars over what that meant. You know, uh, does that mean that God told Hosea to go out and get a prostitute for a wife? I mean, that is someone he knew to be a prostitute. Or did it mean that he was simply going over to the side of town where prostitutes typically hang out and get a wife from there, but didn't know that the one he picked out was actually a prostitute? Uh, It's hard to say. But we can see the picture of God in this nonetheless. God wanted Hosea to experience what it was like to fall in love with someone and yet have that person not be faithful to them, just as Israel and Judah had not been faithful to God. And if Hosea could experience this for himself, then he would be able to more effectively communicate how God felt uh, where the people of Israel and Judah Uh, were concerned. And so Hosea, for that reason, is a um, prophet that sort of stands out. And of course, his name, uh, or I should say the name of his wife was Gomer. (laughs) And I don't think she was like the Gomer as in Gomer Pile. That's probably what most of us think about when we think about Gomer. But this was actually a, a woman named Gomer. So, uh, (laughs) uh, to me, that sounds fishy enough already. But anyway, he picks out Gomer, they get married, and it turns out, even though she has children with him, uh, she is not faithful to him. And so already Hosea has begun to see what God sees when he sees Israel and Judah, two people that he loves very much, or I should say the, the two halves of Israel that God loves very much, and yet they didn't love God back. Well, we come to Hosea chapter 6, and here in Hosea chapter 6, and I want to pull us up to the Bible, Hosea chapter 6, <laughs> Uh, This is a very interesting setup I have today with my Bible study. Uh, I've got my smartphone in front of me. I've got my laptop in front of me. Right now, my laptop is tuned to the Bible Panorama Commentary, where I get a lot of the information from that I'm using on the program today. And then in my hand, I hold the smartphone, and it's tuned to Hosea chapter 6, King James Version. And in Hosea chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Come and let us return unto the Lord. Come and let us return unto the Lord. Now, on the surface, this sounds pretty good, don't it? (laughs) It sounds pretty good. Let us come and return unto the Lord. In other words, we're going to get things right with God here. The problem is they don't really... Mean what they're saying. Um, It might mean that they're sorry that they got caught. It might mean that they're sorry that they're now in trouble with God because of their sin. But it would appear that they're not really sorry enough to engage in genuine repentance. You see, genuine repentance is so much more than simply being sorry for your sins. A lot of people say, well, you know, that's the essence of what uh, repentance is, it's being sorry for your sin. No, it's not. (laughs) Um, Some say, well, it's a godly sorrow for your sin. Well, you're getting a little bit closer, but you see, repentance involves change. More specifically, it involves a change in one's attitude. A change in one's mindset that's what it involves and it appears that the children of Israel and Judah were not um, really and truly uh, engaging in general I mean in genuine uh, repentance what they wanted was not turning away from their sin but they wanted relief from the consequences of their sin you see God was already showing judgment to Israel and Judah because of their sin. Now you'll notice by the way here in Ephraim I mean here in uh, Hosea chapter 6 the word Ephraim is used. Now Ephraim was the largest of the tribes. And so a lot of times when you see the word Ephraim here God is really referring to both Israel and Judah, but Ephraim was the largest of the 12 tribes, and therefore the comments here seem to be directed at Ephraim. But really, in reality, it includes both Israel and Judah as well, even though it appears that Judah did not sink to the low that uh, Israel did. But nonetheless, both were being punished by God. And so here in verse 1 it says, Come and let us return to the Lord. And it says here, He has smitten and He will build us up. You see, <laughs> there's no mention here of them actually being sorry for their sin. And there's no mention here of any intention on turning away from their sin. What we see here is they are wanting relief from the penalty or consequences of their sin. Now, of course, we see all kinds of examples in our world today uh, of this same thing. How many times have you heard about somebody getting saved in a revival meeting? And then a few weeks later, they're back to living the same way they were before. You see, what they encountered was, at best a very shallow, a very shallow uh, decision made in the emotional heat of a revival meeting. They didn't make a deep, sincere decision because they very quickly went back to their old ways. Uh, I can remember growing up as a teenager. This was shortly after I got saved. God began to call me to be a preacher and in fact I was licensed to the gospel ministry before I graduated from high school. I was licensed to preach before I graduated from high school. We had another young man who about the same time also surrendered to the ministry. However, within a couple of years he turned in his ordination certificate because He really didn't care to be ordained anymore. He no longer had a desire to be a preacher of the gospel. You see, uh, he came forward basically at the same revival meeting I did to yield his life to be a preacher of the gospel. And yet he didn't stick to that commitment. He didn't stick to that decision. Now, I will say this. if, If someone goes into the ministry and they realize they haven't been called of God to go into the ministry, then actually they're doing the cause of God a favor by not being in the ministry. But every indication was this guy was genuinely called of God to go into the ministry. But he decided that he could uh, make more money in the business world. So he decides, hey, I'm not going into ministry. I'm going into business. I'm going to make some money. And the sad truth of the matter is he didn't really accomplish that. Last time I heard, he wasn't doing so well. And, um, you know, my hope is that one day he'll return to the decision the Lord made him to make if if that was the decision the Lord wanted him to make. Of course, now... Since then, a lot of decades have gone by. He's missed out, no doubt, on a lot of opportunities to preach and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, nonetheless, he is going to have to answer to God for that one of these days. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen him since I was in high school. So I really don't know for sure how he's getting along. But I hope that maybe if he's listening to this broadcast, he'll come to the realization that if God called him into the ministry, that's what he needs to be doing, even if he doesn't have as much time to do it now as he did before. Amen. So we find that Israel was wanting... Relief from the consequences of their sin. But you see, God requires repentance from sin first. God says, okay, you show me genuine repentance and I can show you relief from the penalties. And then in Hosea chapter 6, verses 4, 5, and 6, we find that God's response is to tell Ephraim and once again Ephraim here is standing in for Israel Ephraim and Judah that their faithfulness is like a cloud of morning mist a light dew that goes away so quickly in other words it is superficial now a lot of times I tell you I love the early morning hours I love the pre-sunrise hours I love it when the sun first comes up over the horizon, and all of a sudden you see that sun glistening on the grass which is covered with dew or frost. But of course, it doesn't last very long. By 10 o'clock in the morning, the dew is gone, the frost is gone. It didn't last very long. That's what God says about the response of Israel and Judah. What they call repentance is really very shallow, and it's not real repentance at all. Like I say, they're not turning away from their sin, but rather they're turning away, they're they're wanting God to turn away from the consequences of their sin. They're wanting God to give them relief from the consequences of their sin. You know, it's, it's kind of like they used to say in the old days, uh, people love to sow their wild oats, and then they pray for a crop failure. But the Bible makes it clear over and over and over again that whatever you sow, you're also going to reap. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then we find that there is a saturation of sin. Transgression of of God's covenant, such as bloodshed and robbery and murderous priest and lewd idolatry, all of this shows the saturation of sin. Notice here in these verses, that would be verses 7 through 11 in Hosea chapter 6, notice some of the sins mentioned here murderous priest you see the the priests who were supposed to be speaking up for God guess what they weren't they were killing people they were worshiping idols also I mean that that's like the pastor of a church being involved in sins just as numerous and just as serious as some of the sins going on in the congregation. Sins like robbery and bloodshed, lewd idolatry. You know, it almost sounds like these could be crimes ripped from today's headlines. And yet it described the world of Hosea's day. And God says, you know what, when I see all this happening among you, there's no evidence here of repentance. And therefore, there's no way that God is going to withdraw the penalties. You see, the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. Now, if a person dies without ever receiving Christ as Savior, the, the tragic news there is they go to hell and they spend eternity in this terrible, awful place that the Bible calls hell. But you see, there's also bad consequences for Christians who knowingly and deliberately and intentionally live in sin. You see, for the Christian who lives in sin, they're going to face consequences as well. Not the least of which is their testimony is destroyed. But also there's other consequences. Now, Uh, I use myself to some degree as an example here. Uh, These days, I'm not in the best of health. I have a lot of uh, problems with my heart and with my lungs. Uh, When I walk, I have to walk with the help of a walker. I'm not in the best of shape. Physically, I used to be in much better shape than I am today. Now, even if I had never committed any sins, I mean, some of these are health conditions I was basically born with. Some are not. Probably the most serious of my current health conditions, heart disease, has been brought about to a large degree of me totally ignoring biblical diet. You know, the Bible tells us our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's really a shame the way we treat our bodies sometimes. Now, I I told someone, you know, you could open up a strip joint across the street from where I live and it would not bother me. I mean, it doesn't turn me on. It's no temptation for me. But boy, I tell you, you put a McDonald's or a Hardee's or a Wendy's or anything like that across the street. Man, I fall into temptation every time. It seems that the foods that are worst for me, in terms of my health, are the very foods I crave. <laughs> Milkshakes and greasy chili cheeseburgers and bacon cheeseburgers and hot dogs. and, <laughs> You know, they say hot dogs are the real mystery meat. It's a wonder that we eat them when we don't even know what's inside. And if we did, we probably never would eat them. Amen. (laughs) But I mean, these are the foods I love. (laughs) I say, I love it, I love it, I want more of it. But yet, at the same time, these are the foods that have done me in. Now, I guess if there's a plus side, if my health continues as it is, I'll get to heaven sooner. But I look at all the things I used to be able to do and can't do now because of my bad health, and that is part of the price that I pay. And so even in recent times, I have tried my best to get the word out that we need to take better care of our bodies. You know, Uh, it bothers me when I hear about parents raising kids who spend eight hours a day on the internet. That's way too much time on the internet. I think a good rule of thumb would be this. Require that your kids play outside as many hours as they are on the computer. If they want one hour of computer time, they have to exercise outside for an hour. If they want two hours of computer time, they have to exercise outside for two hours. Now, if they get two hours of exercise, they're not going to want to come in and be on the internet. They're going to be tired. They're going to want to go to bed. But the thing about it is we have to learn to take care of our bodies. I am trying to eat more vegetables than I used to. And that says something because I don't especially like vegetables. But I understand they would actually do me a world of good. You know, whoever heard of hamburgers and cheeseburgers and green beans? I don't know where that came from, but I I know I need things like green peas and green beans and black eye peas and all the other yummy stuff. I found that spinach doesn't taste too bad. I don't like turnip greens and I don't like squash, (laughs) but I'm, I'm learning to develop better eating habits, better exercise habits. And it might be that some of the damage done to my health can be overcome. Some of it, maybe not. But the whole idea is that we have to understand that for saint and sinner alike, there are consequences for sin. If we turn against God, we're going to pay a price for that. Definitely if you're unsaved, and even if you're saved. Don't think just because you're saved... And just because we have the grace of God that we could go out and sin and automatically expect God to forgive us. God wants to see real repentance. God wants to see some evidence that you were genuinely sorry for the sins that you have committed. Amen? Amen. Now, That basically is a pretty good summary of Hosea chapter 6. And so if you haven't read Hosea chapter 6 yet, I definitely want you to go back and read it. Also, I want you to go ahead and read Hosea chapter 7 for next time. And um, that's where the commentary will be focusing on next time, Hosea chapter 7. Now, by the way, just for reference, uh, the um, Bible commentary that I use to some degree on this program is Bible Panorama. I use it a lot. New Unger's Bible Handbook, that's another Bible handbook or commentary that I use, along sometimes with Matthew Henry commentary. So... You see, when you hear me say fancy theological stuff on this program, it's not that I'm especially smart because my college and seminary transcripts would say otherwise. But it's that I know where to go for the information I need. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, if you have a Bible study question or prayer request, you can shoot me an email. That would be the best way for you to get the job done. Uh, my email address is warrenlandis at yahoo.com and also I have another email address it's warrenlandis at gmail.com you can use either one and ask me whatever questions you want to and I'll be glad to um, to uh, get back with you (laughs) and if you give me permission I'll be glad to share your prayer requests with my unseen unnumbered radio audience uh, all you have to do is say, Warren, you know, share this prayer request with your radio audience and I'll be glad to do it. And then you'll have the comfort of knowing that Christians all over the world are praying for um, your prayer request. Now, I've got a snail mail address. Those of you that want to write to me the old fashioned way, the mailing address is Warren Landis. 80 Thruston Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, Thruston Street, apartment number 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now, before you close that envelope, you might want to pray about whether the Lord would have you send a financial contribution to help out in the work that we're doing here at Sunshine USA. I would love this to be a year of expansion. I got a call just last week from a television network producer that would love to put this program on television, but they're not willing to do it free of charge. I'm trying to negotiate more along the lines of free. But that's not very (laughs) realistic in today's economy. There are so many things I would love to do for the Lord. But these are things that cost more money than what I've got. And so that's why I hope the Lord might lay it on some of you (laughs) to uh, give to this ministry financially. And as I've said on this program many times, uh, I do not receive a salary for doing this uh, particular program. I really don't. Uh, I don't receive a salary for doing this show. Uh, I do it strictly volunteer. And any money that comes in is put directly to use in the work of getting out the life-saving, life-changing gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And um, I want to share with you since we've got a few extra minutes left over here, I wanna share with you um, an interesting um, text message I got from someone I used to go to college with. And they remind me that in my early days, I used to have these business cards printed up. It says, have Bible, will travel. And he said, I never have forgot that. And he he asked me, do you do a lot of traveling these days? And I said, no, uh, my health really won't let me do a whole lot of traveling. I can do some traveling. So it depends on uh, where you're located. If you're not too far from Greenville, South Carolina, I could consider coming to your church either for a day or a week to preach. And if you want to contact me, shoot me an email or even a snail mail I'll be glad to send you free of charge the information on how you can make that happen I can t- I can tell you that but I don't travel as much as I used to but that used to be one of the first advertising campaigns I guess you could say my ministry ever had and that is have bible we traveling and it really wasn't original with me there used to be some of you TV buffs out there you can remember an old western that used to come on. It was called have, "Have Gun Will Travel." Have Gun Will Travel. Well, my dad told me about that show. I never saw the show on TV. I don't think, but my dad showed it, uh, told me about it. He liked it, and uh, and I said, you know, that would be a good motto for my ministry. Only instead of saying "Good Have Gun Will Travel," uh, how about "Have Bible Will Travel"? Amen. Amen. Well, um, I love to get email from people, and you know, it's exciting. This broadcast goes into Russia and China, and it goes into Germany and France and England and South America, Africa. It's a global ministry. Uh, This broadcast literally goes into um, places that you couldn't send real human missionaries. Uh, I shared a few weeks ago on this program how when I first got saved, one of my first desires was to go to Africa and be a missionary. But the mission board told me, no, you can't go because your health ain't too good. You see, even back in my high school days, I had some health issues. So not all of my health problems are fast food related, just some of them, especially some of the health problems I have now. And um, they said, your health is too bad. You can't go to Africa to be a missionary. And I was so disappointed. I mean, I, I felt like crying. I said to myself, well, God, how can you be calling me to carry the gospel to the whole world? And I can't even get the mission board to send me overseas so I can be a missionary. Well, nowadays, here I am doing this ministry called Sunshine USA. And the gospel of Jesus Christ it's going out to a whole planet. As far as I know, we've got listeners on every continent. I don't know about Antarctica yet. I'd like to think we do, but I don't know. I mean, Antarctica, you know, the most of the population there, I understand, are scientists and scientific experts and stuff like that. But maybe they're listening. I mean, all that snow and ice ain't got nothing else to do, Amen. Amen. They might as well listen to my program and get some Bible in them. Amen. (laughs) Well, I tell you, I look forward to this uh, time every day when I produce this program called Sunshine USA. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it today. And you come back tomorrow and we'll do it all over again, okay? Okay. Well, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And I'll see you next time. On Sunshine USA.